All right, all right. Hey, welcome again. Thanks for being with us here today. So for a second week in a row, Sarah and I get to speak together up here, which is kind of fun. It's a different experience. We enjoy that very much. Today is, um, uh, is anyone aware of the National Awareness Month in October? October is National Awareness uh, of Domestic Violence here in the States. And so we wanted to take a minute today to say that we are mindful of those of us, our friends, our neighbors, and those in our nation um, that have experienced domestic violence. We wanted to speak up and use our voice to say uh, and to remind each other that this is not okay. And we wanted to mention that if you have a friend or if you yourself have experienced or are experiencing domestic violence, um, that there are resources, organizations, and there are people willing to walk with you towards safety. Let's say a quick prayer. God, thank you for this day and thank you for this time. We thank you for the hope and the safety that we have in you, but this month we are um, mindful of, aware of those that live in unsafe and harmful places and households. And God, we pray your protection. We pray your healing. We pray that you will use us as your hands and feet uh, to help bring about safety and hope in the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking of hope, um, Sarah, as a kid, what is it that you hoped for, like that you dreamed for? I hoped for a lot of things as a kid. One of them was always related to Nutella. Those of you who know me, um, that, start, that, that love started young. Um, so some of my hopes and wishes as a kid um, related around food, um, also, I grew up overseas, and so I traveled a lot, and one of my just reoccurring hopes and wish was that I could fly, to have the ability to fly. I would have dreams that I could fly, or if I couldn't fly, then at least teleport somewhere, you know, just click my fingers and be all over the world, and I, I'd say that's still a hope of mine. I remember, I, we have a similar one there, uh, because I remember going to bed at night praying that I would have a flying dream. Like, have you guys had those flying dreams that are like so exciting and invigorating? I don't get those dreams anymore. They're different now. Um, They're way better than the falling dreams. Oh, yeah. That's true. I've had those as well. But I mean, ultimately, all that I ever hoped or dreamed of was you. And so, oh, look at that. <laughs> We actually had a, a really Aww. sarcastic joke planned in there that uh, we decided to abandon. Uh, we all have hopes and dreams, right? We all have hopes and dreams. This, um, this uh, story uh, of, of hope, though, these uh, ideals of hope that are like born of a fairy tale, the ability to fly or things of this nature, that's often how we think of hope. I hope that something will happen. But the Bible speaks of hope in some different terms. And I'm really excited for the series that we're diving into. We're going to be in the book of 1 Peter, written by a man named Peter. If you were here with us last week, uh, we looked at uh, the life of Peter. 
We explored who is this man, uh, Peter, what experiences did he had? He was one of the 12 apostles. He walked with Jesus. He was spontaneous and excitable, right? He was the one to speak first or act first in any given situation uh, that we read there in the gospel stories. This man, Peter, walked with Jesus. He witnessed as Jesus was arrested and crucified. He experienced Jesus risen from the dead, and some years later, He's writing a letter to the churches that had formed, the people that had come to believe in Jesus as their risen Savior. And Peter speaks out of a wealth of experience and wisdom into our lives of many topics, one of which being living hope. Peter starts off his letter talking about hope, and it sets the tone. And so today we want to look at the first three verses, or three verses in chapter 1 of the letter of First Peter. So let's read chapter 1, starting in verse 3. This is what Peter writes. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. There's this phrase in here, new birth, and I think it's kind of an interesting one. Um, maybe even an awkward one. Uh, we all have had experience uh, with childbirth, obviously each of us being born ourselves, but many of us have had children like, or What's nieces or nephews. See, I was going to go there. Fortunately, I don't remember much of my own, but I do remember a lot more of when my children were born. Uh, Peter uses this language of new birth. We have been given new birth, and there's this wild story that you should go back and look at. I'll just paraphrase. Uh, in the life of Jesus, it's, you can find it in John chapter 3, but Jesus is talking to this man named Nicodemus, and he says to him, he says, uh, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, if you want to be a part of this, uh, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus says the very obvious and very awkward thing. I can't be- get back into my mom's womb. It's just not happening, Jesus. Right? I mean, and he says this. This is the humor in scripture and the life of Jesus. I love it. He says, I'm sorry, it's not happening. Can't be born again. And Jesus says, no, born of water and the spirit. Jesus speaking of two things, and Peter, again, uh, reflecting on this idea of new birth, two things of water. Uh, some of us might be familiar with uh, baptism, with water baptism, and the idea of being dunked under the water and uh, to rise up out of the water. It was a Israelite ceremony that uh, reflected cleansing, that reflected this idea of God has brought about cleansing and new hope and new life. And as you rise up out of the water, as Jesus rose up out of the grave, we are given new life, right? So it's this beautiful ceremony that we remember that celebrates new life, that celebrates being born again, rising up into something new. And Jesus speaks in that John chapter 3 passage uh, of born of the Spirit, 
of new life, that the Spirit indwells us and gives us new life and new hope. So, so Peter here, as he begins to talk about living hope, he's going to say, but this is a new birth. This is a new start that you are invited to. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, it's put in this way, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Are there ever days that you wake up and just think, I want want a fresh start. I've had those feelings. In fact, I have those feelings fairly regularly. We get overwhelmed with life. We wake up with the stress and the burdens that carried over from the days and the weeks prior. And the promise here, uh, and we're going to dig into it because we don't want to make it, again, this uh, fairy tale sort of hope, but the conversation here revolves around new life, new birth, new opportunity. Peter writes that we've been born again into a living hope. And that's the phrase that really caught my attention in this, a living hope. So before we go any further, it's probably worth defining hope. And for me, one of the, sometimes a, a good place to start is to um, determine what hope is not first. And like Micah mentioned, many of us think or use the word hope um, just as we would use the word wish. And, and hope, at least not in the way, the way it's spoken of in scripture, is not a wish that is just like a whimsical wish with no basis for reality, like my desire to fly. I mean, yeah, I'd love to fly, but I know that's not actually going to come about. Um, as a kid, not only did I want to fly, I was also really into Calvin and Hobbes. Did anyone here read the comics, Calvin and Hobbes? I, I saw this one um, this week up here, this comic. It's, it's Calvin working on his little assignment, and he says, when I grow up, I want to be an inventor. First, I will invent a time machine. Then I will come back to yesterday and take myself to tomorrow and skip this dumb assignment. Calvin is sitting there um, doing a writing assignment, and he's just expending all this energy of, to avoid the assignment. Ironically, he's also doing the assignment while he's, while he's trying to avoid it. And, and, I, and I read this because it reminds me of this idea of, of wishful thinking, and in Calvin's case, it's also mixed with a little bit of grumbling. But that's, hope is not that. Hope is not a wishful thinking that's not based on reality. Hope is much more than a wish or a dream. And specifically hope described in the Bible, biblical hope, is very different. So let's let's look at this definition. Hope is a confident expectation that God is and will accomplish what he has promised. So hope is a confident expectation that God is and will accomplish what he has promised. And again, this is based on the evidence we have of God's character. This is based on the evidence we have of God's faithfulness to fulfill past promises that he's made, that he, that, that he has fulfilled and is fulfilling. And in time and time again, we see in scripture and in history and we see in the lives of God's people, we see God bringing hope into situations where there was none. Peter here talks about a time where this hope was realized probably more fully than it has in any other situation. 
Peter writes here, he says, we have this hope. We've been born again into this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. And last week we talked about Peter and, and, and what it must have been like to walk with Jesus and, and to be Peter and to be one of the disciples. And, and Jesus called Peter and then he taught Peter and he said, I'm, I'm the son of God. And here's, here's, my way of life. Here's, here's a life of love. This is what it looks like. And, and he saw the miracles that Jesus was doing. And then last week we talked about when Jesus was arrested and the terror and the despair that the disciples faced. And Peter specifically, um, the scriptures talk about how he denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus was crucified. And just imagine with me the lack of hope that Peter must have felt. You, you defined in here hope as confident expectation. And we see in the stories of the apostles at this point that there is not confidence, maybe not even expectation, but fear and confusion. Hope can be difficult to walk that line in tough seasons of life. Absolutely. And yet, in the middle of that, after three days, Jesus appears to them. And he says, hey, you you maybe weren't expecting this. I, I predicted this. I told you this. You weren't expecting this. But you but here's my I it happened. You can have hope. You can have confidence in what I say. And so Jesus' resurrection brought back hope for his disciples, this confident expectation that Jesus will actually accomplish what he says, even if it seems impossible in that situation. The idea of this hope being living, I think, is is beautiful, especially when you think about the resurrection. A hope that is life-giving, a hope that is present, a hope that is active. And that hope was offered to Peter and the disciples, and that it's the same hope that's offered to us today. So Peter says in here um, that you have been born again into this new life, this new opportunity uh, of living hope and of an inheritance. Now, we're all familiar with the idea of an inheritance, what will be passed on by our parents or those in our family, uh, the legacy, uh, the, the finances, or the debt that they'll leave to us, whatever that is. But we know what an inheritance is. Uh, I know about inheritance well, because since I was young, if I upset my father, he tells me, you're out of, you're out of my will. That's just his, his standard line. Now he says it completely sarcastically. It's it's he'll say, he'll say that to you. In fact, he he might he might have said that to you in the past. And here's the big secret: he never put you in his will. I think I might be, but he didn't put you in there. So don't so don't so don't be too panicked if he says it to you. Now, but the idea of an inheritance, right? To receive something from your parents or whatever. Um, Peter uses that language here. He says that you have been born into this new life with an inheritance. And here's the beautiful thing about the idea of inheritance as he speaks of it here. He says that in this new life, you are a child of God and that what is his is yours. That's the promise of inheritance. The things that are God's will be ours. He says, this living hope, you can live hopefully because the things of God are now yours as his heir. You are invited uh, to be 
um, his heir. Uh, Eugene Peterson uh, puts it this way in uh, his translation, in his paraphrase called The Message. He says, the day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. And I like this language. When I think of this inheritance that is in heaven that Peter's speaking of, uh, I like this language, uh, to have it all, life healed and whole. I, I believe this is the biblical narrative beginning in Genesis and uh, the story of a Garden of Eden uh, in Revelation and this picture in this of, of heaven and rejoicing. This is the story of Scripture that we are invited to this inheritance. We are invited to know life that is healed and that is whole. I'm wondering if you've experienced healing, that feeling of healing and wholeness at some point in your life, or, or maybe longed for that healing and wholeness at some point in your life. There's this amazing story in Acts 3. Jesus has already ascended to heaven, and Peter and the other disciples are preaching about Jesus. And in Acts 3, it tells the story of Peter and John walking to the temple. And as they get to the temple, they enter in through the gate. And the gate was called Beautiful. That was the name of the gate. And as, as they enter through the gate, there at the gate is a crippled man. And this man had been lame from birth. And every day his family carried him to the gate and they sat him there to beg for money from all the people going into the temple. And as Peter and John walked by, they paused and they looked at him. And I, and I picture, we probably all can picture some, a beggar that we've seen. And I picture him on the ground with his head down because as Peter stops, He says to the man, look at us. Look at us. And so the man lifts his head and makes eye contact with Peter. And the man expects that Peter will give him something because he's he's having a conversation with him. And Peter says, I don't have any money to give you right now, but what I do have, I'll give you. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he reaches down and he pulls the man up. And the man immediately feels his legs healing. And he begins to walk and he begins to jump. And I imagine him running around the courtyard. And then he starts gathering a crowd and everyone's watching what has happened. And everyone's amazed that it's the same man, that they've just witnessed this incredible healing. And they're filled with wonder. And I think of this, ex- this story in scripture and it's this spectacular story about healing and wholeness experienced in the name of Jesus. And this man was filled with joy and hope just like that because he encountered Peter who knew Jesus and Jesus used Peter to heal this man. So Sarah and I discussed uh, this passage both in first Peter and a story like this of healing. Um, we spent some time this week talking about and considering the reality that uh, this living hope 
doesn't always mean resolution to all the circumstances and struggles of life, right? That, that this idea of living hope is something that transcends even the circumstances because at times in our lives, we have experienced these miraculous moments that send you leaping and jumping and celebrating about the powerful and beautiful things that God has done in life. And at times in life, we find ourselves uh, praying, God, will you take this from me? And it continues and we continue to struggle in this place or this circumstance or this sin or whatever it is that we're dealing with, God, take this from me. And sometimes like he did uh, to Paul, right? He says, uh, but my grace is sufficient for you. And we find ourselves struggling to lean into living hope when circumstances have remained challenging in life. But that is what Peter speaks to here. In fact, if you read on, uh, feel free to do that uh, today or this week in First Peter. He's going to begin to discuss um, that we rejoice even in suffering are his words, that even in suffering, we find the ability to be joyful because we have been born into a living hope and the inheritance of God. So as we, we talk about hope and we look at First Peter here, I want to ask the question, so how do we engage this hope? So this hope, clearly it's a gift from God. It's not something we can create in our life. And yet there are things that we can do to um, witness this hope, to invite Jesus to work in our lives and, and fill us with hope. And so there are three things that, that really stood out to us, and I'm sure there's more we could add to this list. But the first thing is to fix our eyes on Jesus. If, if Jesus is the source of living hope, then we get to focus on Jesus. We get to fix our eyes on Jesus, to love him, to believe in him, to believe his words that he speaks to us, and he calls us his loved children. He, he tells us we have meaning and purpose and value in our life. And as we focus on Jesus, we find this hope. And it's a choice. Um, to focus on Jesus, even in those moments when life is really hard and, or, or in those moments when life is, is going really well. Sometimes it's when life is going really well, too, that it's hardest to focus on God. And so it, it could go either way there. So it's a choice that we get to fix our eyes on Jesus and then to make his ways our ways. Last week we talked about Peter following the rabbi and, and the job of the disciple following a rabbi was to learn Jesus's ways and then to walk in them. Um, Ephesians 5, Paul writes this. He says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. To imitate God by walking in love. And as we follow, as we imitate God, then his ways become our ways, and we find hope in there. And then the third thing that we talked about um, this week was to live in community, because this is a hard journey to go by yourself. We all need to be continually reminded of God's love and God's joy and God's um, hope in our lives. And sometimes that looks like this morning. It looks like coming to church and, and hanging out with a, with a group of people. And sometimes it looks like a friend 
coming over and sitting on the couch with us and just speaking God's truth and God's love into our lives, but walking in community with people who will remind us to fix our eyes on Jesus, that he's right there beside us, and there is hope found in him. So I still dream of flying, but I have a hope that is much more rooted, that is much more real than the dreams that I might have. A hope that is rooted in a risen Savior, a hope that is rooted in Jesus, and that in a Jesus who lives today, we can find living hope and have been promised uh, life with him. So today, we want to celebrate uh, a risen Savior uh, with communion. Now, if, if you're newer to this gathering or to church, communion might not be real familiar, but Jesus, um, shortly before he would be arrested and crucified, is sitting at a meal with his closest followers. And uh, on the table in front of them is bread and wine and other elements, and he takes this loaf of bread and he breaks it. And, and he begins to distribute it to the apostles there. And he says, uh, every time you eat of this bread, remember my body that will be broken for you. And then he takes the wine that's there and he says, any time you drink of this cup, remember my blood that will be shed for you. And so shortly uh, after this, Jesus' body is broken on a cross and his blood shed there. And soon after, uh, he raises from the dead three days later, and he appears again to his apostles. And they have opportunity to break bread together and to drink wine together again with Jesus, their risen Savior. And here today, 2,000 years later, we sit in this room remembering Jesus, remembering that his body was broken and his blood shed for us, but remembering that uh, in his death, hope did not die, but that the story continued and that we live hopefully because Jesus rose from the dead. So here in just a moment, Chris is going to come on up and um, he's going to play a song for us while we take a few minutes just to meditate and remember. I'm going to pray for us uh, and and while Chris plays this song, we're all going to be invited to go to either one of the tables. Now, uh, you're not required to participate in this. Feel free to stand and, and sing or, or consider if you'd rather do that. But communion's available at either of the tables. We'll take that bread. We'll dip it in the juice. Uh, if you want to say a short prayer there yourself or with a friend, you're welcome to do that. In this, we remember that we have hope rooted in a risen Savior. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day and this time. Thank you for an opportunity uh, to just consider the words of Peter. God, teach us hope uh, in difficult seasons of life. Teach us to rest in you, to find that confident expectation in the fact that you are faithful to your promises. Uh, God, in good seasons of life, help us to remember that our hope and our joy is found in you. And God, as we take communion today, help us to remember and to reflect on uh, Jesus, who was willing to give everything for us. And thank you, God, for hope and resurrection. In Jesus' name. Amen. So today we gather here, each having come from different places. Some of us had wonderful weeks and some of us quite trying and challenging weeks. Uh, But today Peter reminds us that there is hope in a living Savior. Today we take communion and remember that Jesus gives us 
hope. And, and so we invite all of us today to lean into a hope that transcends circumstances in life, that says we have an inheritance, to lean into a hope that is both present and future. Not all of the circumstances and challenges of my life are going to be dealt with in this very moment, but to hope in a risen Savior. So we want to leave you with this benediction. May we fix our eyes on Jesus this week. May we walk in love as Jesus walked in love. And may Jesus, the risen Savior, fill us with his living hope. Thanks for joining us. Have a blessed week.